1: First,
2: first, 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 first. <laughs> Whispering
1: Street. <laughs> and here is Betty Baby.
2: Hello. Gwen Russell, a widow of 45 was still a very attractive woman, much prettier in fact, than Dana, her twenty-two-year-old orphan. the older sister Julie, who lived with them, had observed the mother. There was daughter competition
1: whenever American forces overseas. This is the Far East Network. 810 on your dial,
2: Tokyo. I had a divine time. Walter well, said he put me backstage after the curtain calls to meet the leading man. Who? Hmm. So Madison? Yes. Daryl so Madison. Oh. But, well, how did Mr. Parker happen to know Well, they're only a piece of the place. Oh, see? Oh, oh, you're the lucky one. I'm dying to meet mm-hmm. you. I tell you the truth, so we are. Oh. But, well, is he as handsome close up as he is from across the footline? Impossible, though it seems there. He's even more handsome. Oh. But you have a chance to see for yourself, Dana. Thank you see, Julie. What do you mean? See for ourselves. He's coming here for Sunday dinner. No, I can't believe <laughs> it. You better believe <laughs> oh. it. I told him I lived very quietly with a young daughter. And an older sister. I merely said a sister. Oh. Sunday is this free day, of course, France. We have dinner with us. Oh, well, of all things he's so terribly in demand. I wouldn't think he would have a free Sunday. I should think he'd be hooked up for months ahead. He seems to like me very much. Oh. But Mother, isn't he Yes? Yes. He's a great deal younger than I am. You least more your age than mine, Dana. You're twenty two and he can't be more than oh say twenty eight or nine. I guess you get tired of adoring young girls, Dana. That's the fact that I was older, too, too. You have a way with men, Mother, no doubt about that. But you've never hooked such a young one before. let of young men come here, Dana, to confide in me and... And adore you. And besides, I haven't hooked Daryl Madison, darling. I think the boy needs a friend. Someone who whom he can talk, frankly. Someone who listens. Someone with whom he can relax has to be well worry with those girls my age. Yes. I guess uh Osnar's miss then doesn't have to be wary with me. What was Walter doing while you two were making all these plans? Was he included? Mm-hmm. I asked Walter to join us for Sunday dinner if you had a garden business. Walter was a fool to take you back stage he never said anything. <laughs> Just please, Father. Oh, here I sit with a cup in my hand, Jenny, if I'm playing statues, and that's what we want—cream this lemon, lemon, please, cream and fattening. You should worry about that. Every woman should worry about that, please. Oh, think I'll get a new dress for Sunday. The gray chiffon you were looking at last week? No, I don't believe I'll get a gray dress. Gray seems so terribly middle-aged. What are you laughing at, (laughs) Julie? Because you look guilty all at once. Not like the kitten who's eaten the canary, the kitten who's about to. Listen, Gwen, you have many any reason to look guilty. You haven't devoured Daryl Madison. Yes, you're horrid, (laughs) Julie. I believe I got the gray dress after all. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it was extremely becoming, And I want to look my best today.
1: In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first... Since January 1957, Social Security deductions have been made from all servicemen's face pay. This deduction is credited to your individual Social Security account. This account is kept in the same way that deposits are added to a bank account. That's why your Social Security number is just as important to you as your bank book number. Your Social Security number is the key to all of your Social Security records. Whenever you're asked for that number, show your card and make sure the name and number are copied exactly as they are on the card. That way you'll know the report on your earnings will be entered on your own Social Security account. Keeping your records straight with Social Security is important. You or your survivors are to collect all benefits to which you're entitled. you lose your card, you'll be given a replacement. It will carry your original number. Have you investigated your Social Security benefits? Back to our story with Betty Davis.
2: Daryl Madison, the attractive leading man in the music play, arrived for dinner on schedule. No, he was ahead of schedule. Dana led him into the house and greeted him breathlessly. I'm Mrs. Russell's daughter, Miss Madison. I'm Dana Russell. Mother had his finished dressing. She said that Aunt Julie and I were to entertain until she came down.
1: Thank you, Dana. You'll like your mother. You'll probably be as beautiful as he is near her age.
2: Thank you. Come into the living room and meet Aunt Julie,
1: will you? Yes, indeed. I'm anxious to meet Mrs. Russell's whole family. It's nice of you to say so. Your mother came into my life after the Wednesday night May like a breath of spring. I've been thinking about her ever since.
2: Was it? Breath of spring. <laughs> this way. Your mother said you were even more handsome close up than you are from across the footlights.
1: Did she really think
2: that? She really did. I thought she must be exaggerating. She wasn't. Well, Mr. Livingston, this is my Aunt Julie, Mr. Madison. How do you do, Mr. Madison? How do you do? My last name's is Spencer. Spencer was my sister's maiden name, and it's uh, still mine. Uh, every suburban house would have a single aunt. Mr. Ann, stand aunt, equipment.
1: you Gwen will be the suspect. Thank you. Gwen is a pretty name. It, it suits your system, Spencer. Uh,
2: mother's real name is Gwendolyn, but it was so silly and Victorian that everybody started calling her
1: Gwen when she was just a kid. Well, I don't think Gwendolyn is a silly name, but Gwen suits her somehow. It's more intimate. Oh, thank you,
2: Hello, Mr. Madison. My goodness, you're young enough to be my son. So, I going to call you Daryl. Young enough to be...
1: I only remember my mother as someone very slim and beautiful. With soft hands. Hands like yours. But my mother died when I was just old enough to remember her. I'm glad you asked her today, Gwen. It's been a pleasure to meet your young daughter and your sister. Uh... Do I see a garden beyond that window?
2: A very old-fashioned one, complete with a sundial and a rose arbor. Do you want to come outside and see it closer? I certainly do. Let's go, then. My husband, you died a great many years ago, planted the perennial. Seems odd that they're here, and he's gone. Why? I always thought you were a pretty good one, no? eh? But he only had hours for your mother. Mm. And he certainly wowed him. He didn't wear the gray dress after all. He wore the white dress that she got for Lorraine Benton's wedding. I noticed. Mm. Remember what the mother said she wanted to look her dress. Bear. I remember. How could I forget? <laughs> After that initial Sunday, Darrell Madison came to see Gwen Russell regularly. And Walter Kirby, who had introduced them, who had long been Gwen's devoted and hopeful her, faded into the dim, distant past. Darrell was always gay and calm. Dana resented his attentions to her mother, but looked forward to his visit. And Julie, well, she had long talks with Daryl while he was waiting for Gwen to appear. And Julie, too, enjoyed his coming. And then one morning at the breakfast table, I've news for you, girl. Daryl told Closing in town. <laughs> Darryl so indeed Closing, and he's not leaving town. Quite the contrary. That night he asked me to marry him. Well, are you open to congratulations? Yes, yes, I am. You <laughs> mean you accepted this proposal? Yes. Does Walter Kirby know about this? Well, I haven't told him yet, but Walter's well, taking it on the scene for a long while. I said that he was a fool to introduce you to Dale. Walter will be happy for me. Are you happy for me, Sullivan? Well, that be, yeah. well, I'm not. I think it's simply awful. Well, you told Daryl yourself that you could be yourself. You. You shouldn't have brought that up now, Dana. Oh, I had to say I'm utterly disillusioned. Well, there's nothing you can do about it now. And we'll anyhow. Have... Yes. As long as it's all decided, I'm going to stop looking old enough to be Daryl's mother. I'm going to have something done to my hair today. Oh, wait a minute, Gwen! Your hair's been gray for years. It's a trademark almost. Mine has been blue for that matter. Gray hair happens early in our family. I've had gray hair for a long while. I'm bored with it. You mean you're going to dye your hair? Yes, I am. And I'm going to get younger clothes, too surprised how many girls are after Daryl. I'll have to compete with them from now on. You've got him without competing, Gwen. I got him, yes. But getting a man and keeping a man are two different things. You can say that cost hostile. Thank heaven, this is a matinee day. If it weren't Darrell would come out during the afternoon. I have plenty of time to go to the duty parlor and Odd how a woman can change herself in the space of hours. Odd and more than a little frightening. I've lunched with women at noon and passed them on the street in the late afternoon without recognition. The next time Daryl Madison saw Gwen Russell, well,
1: perfect. I scarcely recognize you, darling. Mm-hmm. What have you done to your hair?
2: I used a different rins. It was always a platinum
1: rinse before. Oh. Do you
2: like this dress? Well,
1: some women couldn't wear such a short dress, but... Well, you have beautiful legs. Everything about you is, is beautiful, Glenn. But, you uh, know, must get adjusted to things. You see... I fell in love with a lady who had silver hair and wore sort of soft, twisty dresses, and now she's turned into a cover girl. (laughs) Good heavens, we've been talking for three minutes and I haven't kissed you. I must be losing my mind. In a moment, Betty Davis will be back. There are hundreds of children in Germany, as well as hundreds more in the United States, who believe that Sergeant Charles D. Davis was a year-round Santa Claus. The children's belief is well-founded, for Davis, a Tennessee-born orphan, became a sort of guardian angel for orphans when he spearheaded the organizing of the Hands Across the Ocean Committee, which provided assistance for the orphanages in West Germany. It all began when Davis, a military police veteran of over 30 years' service, was stationed near Pottsville, Pennsylvania, in 1952. He discovered a down-at-the-heels orphanage housing over a hundred children. A quick investigation convinced him that the institution needed help badly, and he decided to do something about it. So he hustled back to his M.P. company and the support of other soldiers and began a building fund which was used to buy blankets, food, and toys for the children. Soon after helping put the Pennsylvania orphanage on its feet, Sergeant Davis was transferred to Germany. There he found children in even worse conditions than back home. Many of them still lived in the streets, dirty and destitute, because of overcrowded conditions in orphanages. The sergeant went right to work and organized a group of M.P.s to assist in improving conditions of the orphanages in towns near his base. They began by rounding up dozens of pots, boxes of clothes and blankets, and hundreds of colorful toys. Then Davis sent out appeals for help from many other sources. Soon, so many gifts were pouring in that the Hands Across the Ocean Committee had to be formed to help Sergeant Davis and his assistance with their distribution. No wonder hundreds of unfortunate orphans still think of Sergeant Charles E. Davis as a year-round Santa Claus. As a result of his unselfish work, the sergeant has given us all the thought to remember. We are Americans. As we go, so goes America. And now back to our story with Betty Davis.
2: It had all started when Gwen took a cup of tea with lemon instead of cream, and she adored tea with cream. And when watched from the sidelines, she saw her mother change from a little aged woman who looked young for her age to a young woman who looked old for her. Helena couldn't help wondering where and how it would end and said as much one day to her Aunt Julie. I'm scared somehow. I feel a little... I couldn't want. Don't you agree with me, Aunt Julie? Aunt Julie, don't you agree with me? What was that, Wool battling you Babies? <laughs> uh, I guess I was dreaming. What did you say then? Well, I asked how and where Mother's romance with Daryl Madison is gonna end. Isn't that her business? And Daryl? Well, not entirely. After all, I'm a daughter. Oh, mother's losing everything that made us charming, Auntie. I hate to say it, but but Daryl got fed up with her. Fed up with her? Yes. We didn't expect him yesterday afternoon, so Mother went to the beauty shop, and I played tennis with one of the boys, and I came in first. And there you were with Daryl, and we were talking a mile a minute. Okay. Are he talking about Mother? No. Okay. He... You talking about me? And then unexpectedly, Faith took a hand and answered Dana's question. Faith often answers our questions if we're willing to wait. For unexpectedly, Darrell Madison's show did close and he announced he was going to Hollywood to do a picture. Dana came down to breakfast the morning after the announcement to find her mother sipping black coffee meditated I suppose your combined isn't the pleasure but I'd rather go anywhere than to Hollywood on my honeymoon. There's so many beautiful women in Hollywood. And many beautiful young women. who wants to marry you then before he makes the picture? I-, I thought maybe he'd make the picture first and, but perhaps he hasn't said he wants to marry me before he goes to Hollywood but I'm sure he does. Is that dearly? She's sleeping late. Yeah, let's go wake her up, dear. I'll have to talk to her about lots of things. Oh. All right. <laughs> Maddie, she doesn't answer. Maybe she's ill or something. Open the door, Dana. Maddie, her body's empty and her bed hasn't been slept in. And I found a letter on her bureau addressed suggest to you. Mm. Give it to you, then. It's very strange. Aunt Julie says that she's going on a trip. If she doesn't say where she's going and when she'll be back. Aunt Julie never goes anyplace without planning her hair. That's why it's so strange. She isn't supposed to be mysterious. Is that all she said, Mother? No, so dear. She said she sent a special delivery letter to Walter Trudy explaining the matter in detail. she explained to him? Why not you and he He's probably doing something ridiculous. Yes. Perhaps it was afraid we'd try to talk her out of it. Women of her age often go off on tangents. Well, I'll phone Ward. I'm sure he'll tell me what she's up to. I must say that I'm very much upset. We've got this her to go away now. May I speak with Mr. Walter Kirby, please? Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Marsha. I thought Mr. Kirby would be in by this time. He's been and gone. He's on his way out to my house? I don't understand. But maybe I do at that. Uh, tell me, did you receive a special delivery letter this morning? I see. Well, if he left then, he should be here any minute. But those women now, Mother... I'll uh, my daughter tells me that the doorbell's ringing, Miss Marston, so it's probably Mr. Kirby. I'm sorry to have troubled you. You're very sweet to say so. Goodbye, Miss Marston. And thanks. Dana, was it...
1: Yes, well, it is. I came immediately. Walter,
2: well, it must be very serious to bring you all the way out here.
1: It's serious in one way, but in another... Walter,
2: what's Julie been up to?
1: You'd better sit down here and take a long breath. Oh. You're going to be very much surprised. So you should have seen the writing on the wall.
2: The writing on, on the wall?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Where's the?
1: I told her I'd prefer to be alone with you when I broke the news. When you broke the
2: news? Oh, good time, lady.
1: Thank you. We've been friends for many years, Glenn.
2: A great many
1: years. I was best man when you married Roger. I was in the hospital when Dana was born. And when Roger died. And you know that I love you very much. That I do anything to keep you from being
2: hurt. Yes, I know. Stop beating around the bush. Well, tell me what Julie said in that letter.
1: She said that she hoped you'd forgive them. Then? But she said she couldn't help herself when Daryl asked her to be with him.
2: He The she's three years older than I am and she looks.
1: He looked older than you did when you and Daryl met. He says in her letter that the first time Daryl came here, he said his mother died when he was almost too little to remember her. Perhaps he always missed his mother.
2: In an effort to hold the love of a man. For usually, a man falls in love not only with the actual woman, but with his mental picture of her. And he's apt to be confused when the picture steps out of his frame and another one takes its place. I think we can safely assume that Gwen Russell will settle for a very fine half loaf and marry Walter Purvis. But what about Dana Russell? who told her mother that she was utterly disillusioned.
1: And now here's Betty Davis to tell you more about Dana Russell.
2: Was Dana speaking with any stock daughter would? Or was she telling the truth when she said that she was disillusioned? And would this disillusionment have an effect on her later life. Until then, this is Debbie Davis saying goodbye from the Whispering Street.
1: by Margaret E. Sanksteen. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Barbara Eilers, Kathy Lewis, and Byron Kane. Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is Dan Cumberland. through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.